Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Here's some tips for maintaining your Trex deck. Um, occasionally wash it with some soapy water or a pressure cleaner. Trex composite decking is low maintenance and won't fade, splinter or warp. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. Four many more possessions with Dallas scoring as we go off. Giddy's got the, the ball a fast break. As Wiggins spins on Dotchich. Tough move. And it's out of bounds. Last touch by the Thunder. As Giddy Michael just got credited with his 10th rebound. And he now has a triple-double. Well, that right there is the sounds of Josh Giddy claiming his first NBA triple-double and in doing so, becoming the youngest player in history, in NBA history, that is, to record one and uh, passing LaMelo Ball, who, you know, with a bit of history on their side, both are NBL products as well. So we'd claim both of those as uh, the top two places of the uh, youngest players to ever record and uh, triple-double in the NBA. But uh, to call back on uh, Josh Giddy's fantastic efforts, it's a man that we have been uh, getting hyped up with uh, for this moment with Josh Giddy finally getting to that triple-double. We've been on triple-double watch with uh, one of our favourites here on the overnight crowd. Jasper Chalopa from the Inner Sanctum joins us. G'day, Jasper. Hey, I hope you're well, mate. It was good to catch up with you last week and, and again tonight. Um, we, we've got a lot to talk about, actually. I think <laughs> Uh, Josh Giddy might take up a, a little bit of our time tonight. <laughs> a fair chunk of it, mate. Happy New Year to you. Uh, yeah, I trust you had a uh, fun and responsible evening, uh, firstly. Yes, it, it was uh, a responsible evening. I, I came down to New South Wales, um, the COVID central of Australia right now, <laughs> but it was a bit of, you know, out of the frying pan into the fire back in Melbourne. So, yeah, kind of navigated my way through. I'm, uh, I'm not in isolation yet, which is which is good news, but... Yeah, um, quite a few of my mates are. <laughs> yeah, it seems to be uh, a countdown for uh, anyone over there at the moment. But uh, we'll get to some more NBA later, mate. But off the top, as we were saying, we've been counting down to the day that Josh Giddy took the record of youngest player to record a triple double, and he's done it. Versus the Mavericks, what an effort as well. In a loss for sure, but history made. Yeah, and you know, it was the first thing I did let you know what's going on um, <laughs> to, to see him actually do it. And it took Shay Gilgis Alexander being out due to those COVID protocols for him to really get the ball in his hands and, and to kind of dominate in that in that regard. His usage rate was through the roof, and um, yeah, he, he obviously translated it to the stat line. We know he could 17 points, 13 rebounds, 14 assists um, against the Dallas Mavericks as well. You know, a playoff contender over in the West. I, feel, I thought Aaron Wiggins might. Might have ruined that one for him. I don't know if you saw it in the fourth quarter. Um, just, you know, when he stole Giddy's 10th rebound in, in that last. But um, Josh knew the situation. He, he, was, he wasn't going to miss out on two no. more rebounds after that. Um, and he made the most of it. <laughs> I love the chat from him after as well about how it's nice to get a personal record, but he's more after team success. And he couldn't do it with the guys that are around him as well. Yeah, he's so mature, isn't he? Isn't he? Um, it, it's super impressive to see him whenever he's at a press conference. And I think... Americans are starting to catch on as well because it's so different to like the kind of the bravado that um, US athletes often put out there after their college careers, um, especially in the NFL. We see it a lot, but 
Uh, you know, you compare Anthony Edwards to what Josh Giddy says in a press conference and it's just polar opposites. <laughs> it's a good example to use that one. Uh, but where does it rank as far as achievements by Australians in the NBA go? I mean, outside of, you know, winning titles or all-star appearances, it's this, right? Or is this ranked even higher than that? Well, it's absolutely huge. And it's so big because you look at him at 19 years of age, just just turned 19 um, and you go, what can you do from here? So I think as an individual accolade, um, without looking at it, you know the future of his career, you know it's up there with with Ben Simmons finishing second in DPOI last year. It's um, up there with the with the three point record that Pay Mills holds on Christmas Day. Now those those kinds of records, um, it's definitely around the mark. But just to watch him as well is so impressive. It's pretty amazing to see his pace translating to the NBA. His athleticism and his speed was you know probably the biggest knock in him coming into the league and that was probably the same with Luka Doncic as well though he has that big frame but Giddy he's just never rushed and he plays at this kind of methodical level that includes um his sharp change of pace you know some savvy body control and just elite positioning um so just watching him in general you know it's not just the it's not just the stat line but actually you know he plays winning basketball and it's going to translate to wins pretty soon for the Thunder. I saw a uh, tweet the other day saying that uh, Sam Presti positively looks like a savant now with uh, selecting Josh Giddy yeah. where they did. He absolutely does. And, you know, I mentioned that, you know, the speed and athleticism factors. And, you know, we saw a couple of those uh, kind of report cards or going into the draft, you know, their, their positives and their, their weaknesses as well. And, you know, Giddy's was basically couldn't play basketball along those lines. And, you know, they've been proven absolutely wrong. And that's why Sam Presti is a savant. <laughs> um, he saw his range of passing is through the roof. You know, he had a couple of assists, Giddy, um, coming off the screen at the top of the key. And just in one motion, he picks up his dribble with his left hand, his non-preferred, and just fires a no-look bullet across the court to the shooter's pocket in the corner. Um, I've said it a million times, but if he had, you know, above average shooters at random, he'd be doing that all day. And he'd average 15 assists along with Chris Paul right now. <laughs> he had um, he had one where he kind of slinked into the, to the paint and drew the big man towards him and he had his man on as well so he was kind of double teamed in the key and used his wingspan to just wrap the ball around the defender's back for just an easy kind of dump off dunk for his center um there's just that that kind of kick-started a chain actually where you know he he picked off a, a ball on on defense and, and started running back the other way again just through a half court lob straight to poker right on the money for a dunk um, he could have again had a few more dimes if not for his teammates like like Poku blowing up the open court reverse dunk as well. So um, just watching him is, is you know I highly recommend not just his highlights but watching a whole game. He's so intelligent on the court. It's, it's really impressive. We'll get to some more NBA later in our chat, Jasper. But uh, to the AFLW, I saw today that the uh, fantasy competition we talked of last week has a first prize of five thousand dollars in cold hard cash. That's a sweet get. Yes, and I talked to. Selby Lee Steer today, actually this afternoon, the um, creator of AFLW Fantasy, obviously the coach of Marrera's Magic. He won, he's won two AFL Fantasy uh, championships, <laughs> you know, so he's got two Hiluxes sitting in the driveway, which is a pretty big deal. One That's of the, sweet. you know, obviously the fantasy goat. Um, but uh, I had a, had a long chat to him today, and, and there's an article up on the Inner Sanctum now um, about you know his his outlook on why the AFLW Fantasy, you know, was was necessary for the future of the game, you know, the the necessary levels of you know, viewership and, and the audience that it can just bring in. Um, you had a bit of a chat about why uh, the reasons why the FOW or the AFL probably hasn't brought it in yet as well. Um, but I think, you know, just 
for the longevity of the game, it's such a great idea, and, and I can't wait to play it, Peter. I hope you've got your team ready and you're um, kind of having a look, having a look at that kind of stuff because you know the <laughs> the first game's only on Friday night. I know, right? I'm uh, I'm not a good decision maker, so I'm uh, well and truly <laughs> on the clock right now to uh, get my team set. But to the action that is on the field for the AFLW, it kicks off Friday, as you're saying. St Kilda take on the Tigers. The Tigers they'll have to do it without Ellie McKenzie as well. Yeah, that's a huge blow, isn't it? Um, Katie Brennan will be, you know, huge. it's a really tough one to see Ellie McKenzie down, but um, I'm excited to watch Katie Brennan. And uh, it's just, it's just a big loss for the Tigers on the eve of the of the um, of the season starting because they were looking really promising, and I think they were ready to kind of climb the ladder. I thought, you know, they were one, they were one of the Smokies for a top four position, and um, they definitely could have gone all the way. They still can, but. Uh, losing, you know, a, a player as important as McKenzie on the eve of the on the eve of the season starting is just really disappointing. It's a huge blow for them. The Derby being moved to uh, round one following some of the border dramas with teams getting in and out of WA. Eagles took out the preseason W, but I get the feeling the Dockers will be ready come Saturday. Yeah, I think that still might be an anomaly. I'm not too sure the Eagles are going to get there over the Dockers yet. I, I'm actually interested in talking about your favourites com- coming into the season because I really like the Dockers. Uh, you know, Kiara Bowers is you know the best player in the competition for mine, the reigning best and fairest alongside Bree Davey. But they just have girls ready to step up in the absence mm. of, of girls like Sabrina Duffy, who's now out, um, and the like. So, you know, I think the fire still burns in that in that club from 2020 when they were you know undefeated um, through the season and, and didn't get to see at that that um, season, but uh, they're my tip and it's a bold outline from the club about the flags that they're trying to win over the next five years, but I think it could come to fruition for your girls. Yeah, I uh, I, I go back to that a lot, the uh, 2020 season that was uh, shut down where they were, as you say, undefeated and uh, looking for, uh, you know, all the uh, intents and purposes, uh, the goods as it goes there. And uh, yeah, also the uh, flag uh, talk from the Dockers. I uh, actually got into a bit of a conversation with an old mate of mine back in Kalgoorlie and uh, it turns out we're going to get some Dockers 202 uh, tattoos and uh, leave the uh, last number uh, blank. So we've uh, become those sorts of dribblers now. So you've got what you've got eight years for that one until it becomes twenty thirty. <laughs> yeah, well, we we were like, we'll lock it in for two oh two five because uh, that's the chat. You know, they'll get a couple by then. But um, at the same time, we thought, no, we'll just leave it open. Just just get it in though. Get ready for it. But uh, we we're with a uh, predominantly Eagles crowd, and uh, boy, did we cop it. <laughs> well, it'll be interesting to see how the um, border arrangements work out. As you mentioned, you know, they have made it the the derby to, to start. Um, in round one now, but I think that's just for good reason. You've got to keep the WA sides over there for the time being while yeah. they work out this COVID situation on the East Coast. We saw Emma Kearney, she's gone into COVID protocols, I guess you'd call them now, after her positive rapid test. So, um, you know, the, the Ruth Skipper, she won't play in, in round one, you'd think, after that one. It's just it's going to be a very interesting season to navigate. That is the uh, next match I wanted to preview. North Melbourne taking on the Cats, and they'll do it without their skipper, Emma Kearney, who, as you say, is awaiting a uh, test result, but uh, doesn't look, it looks like they're going to run out of time before uh, she'll be able to uh, make her way to the game. Yeah, not quite ruled out yet, um, but that's just a huge blow for the Roos, who uh, another team like kind of in the mid-tables right now, and you'd expect them to get the win over Geelong. Um the cats are definitely rising up the up the ladder, and I fully expect Georgie Prestakis to be, you know, 
a household name within a few rounds because she's a tackling machine. She's one of the best contested <laughs> midfielders in the competition already, in my opinion. She hasn't played a game yet. Um, I can't wait to watch her play, but uh, it'll be very interesting to to see how the Roos respond to having their skipper out. It's a huge blow on the eve of, on the eve of the season. The Western Bulldogs take on the Demons. It should be a cracker of the game. Uh, Melbourne, a top four team last season. The Bulldogs uh, wanting to be that as well. Yeah, and, and this, these two teams just have an insanely good rivalry. Um, and every single game that they, they play together is always must-watch. It's Daisy Pierce versus Ellie Blackburn. They're two of the biggest names in the competition. Um, and, you know, the Ds are they're heavily favoured for the flag this year. A lot of pundits are thinking that Daisy and the Ds can get it done. You know, Daisy, there are rumours that she might be calling it after this season. Hopefully not. Um, she is just an absolute superstar of the game. But... You know, the Demons, I think they're going all in here. They've got Taylor Harris in. Um, there's a lot of love for them. There's a lot of love for the Pies and the Blues um, and the Dogs as well. But I think the Ds, you know, they could come out here and re- make a real statement um, against the Dogs in round one. Crows taking on the Lions. Uh, that was the other match that was changed due to WA's border. Uh, who's your tip? Yeah, well, this is this is the grand final rematch. And uh, I'd expect the, the Crows to... You know, want to have some revenge after yeah. that um, grand final appearance, and uh, we're going to be able to watch Aaron Phillips again, which is you know one of the one of the pleasures of the AFLW season. Um, but this Lions team, they, they look really strong, and um, uh, they're probably my tip to to get the job done here. Even though I do love a few of the Crows players, Ebony Marinoff is going to be my captain for my AFLW fantasy side heading into round one. I can't wait to put the C on her, but. Uh, the Lions are just an incredible unit and, um, you know, coached by Craig Stasevich, they're, they're really hard to beat. I don't think they're going to lose this one. Uh, Carlton and Collingwood get into their work at Icon Park on Sunday afternoon. It'll be a day for it and the old rivals should be rip-raring to go as well. Yeah, I'm absolutely getting along to this one. Um, I'll deal with the COVID implications later. But, <laughs> but the Blues and the Pies, they have a great rivalry going as well and um, I can't wait to watch. You know, there's going to be some stars. There's two leading goal kickers here for mine, maybe one and two to end the season. Colin Malloy at one end, then Darcy Vessio, obviously the two-time um, goal-scoring champion at the other end for the Blues. I think this could be an absolute shootout as well because they're two pretty high-paced teams. Um, the Pies midfield is pretty awesome to watch right now, You know, spearheaded by Bree Davey. I think um, this could be the game of the round for mine. And the Suns still with players in quarantine or isolation as well. They take on the Giants. Uh, who's your tip in this one? Yeah, well, I was going to um, kind of get around to the Giants, so I'm glad we're talking about this game because they're going to be my grand final um, contenders, I think. Oh, I think huge. I might lose out the grand final to the Dockers. That's my prediction. Um, Alice Parker is an absolute gun. She's only getting better. She's so young and, you know, absolute star of the competition already. Um, picking up Chloe Dalton is huge for, for the Giants. I think she's just an enforcer for them now. Uh, and then the Suns, you know, they're rising, but... I still think they're probably languishing in the bottom two or three of the ladder this year. They're a bit mm. too young for mine. Um, can't wait to see a, a few of their young guns, including Charlie Rowbottom, um, play. She, you know, nominated to go up to the go up to the Sunshine State, which was awesome to see um, in the AFLW draft, and, and she'll be one to watch this season for sure. Look forward to the AFLW kicking off on Friday, but uh, overseas to the NBA, the Hornets, your boys are getting beaten by the Wizards today, but it uh, feels like you gave out some bouquets to some players, but also a bit of feedback to some others, including Mason Plumley. Yeah, that might have might have been me. Yeah, apologies about that. <laughs> I do get a bit heated, <laughs> heated on Twitter. 
But it, we are one. We're a centre away from competing in the East. And as a Hornets fan, you don't see too many playoff appearances. You don't see too many playoff wins. I think it was about 2014 the last time I saw that. But um, you know, I'm waiting with bated breath for the trade deadline because there's going to be a few available. There's going to be potentially Miles Turner, potentially maybe a Rashawn Holmes. Um, you know, someone of that ilk, mm. I think, could be a really gettable um, for the Hornets. And you know, as soon as we can get rid of. Mason Plumley, um, I'm all for it because unfortunately he's just a bit of a lumbering oaf out there right now. Apologies, uh, Mason, but that's just how I view you right now. The, the Plumley family has struggled to make an impact in the NBA, um, and you know Mason has been no exception, unfortunately. Oh wow, going the whack there. We'll uh, move along to the Magic. Uh, they ran the Bulls close today. Smart strategy. Don't get ahead, so Demar Derozan can't shut the game down with a game winner. But Franz Wanger, uh, another sweet game, twenty-two points in what's been a great season for him. He's been amazing. He's leading all rookies in points per game, which I think is a little bit of fun trivia right now because um, you wouldn't pick it. You think maybe. Kate Cunningham, maybe Evan yeah. Mobley. Um, Giddy will be up there. But you know, right now, it, it is Franz Wagner who's um, been the Magic's best player over the last month in, in all respects. Um, he's, he's been really fun to watch. He's really crafty around the rim. He's a great shooter already. Uh, the Magic, I think they've found some nice pieces for the future. And they, you know, I was watching the end of this game and um, they were taking it right up to the Chicago Bulls. It was a, a bit of an unfortunate, unsportsmanlike um, to, to end the game there. Uh, with RJ Hampton, I don't, I don't think it was, uh, you know, a, a flagrant foul, but um, that's how it was called against Demar Derozan, who, incidentally, went seven of thirteen from the free throw line, which was um, very undemar like, but he didn't hit the game winner, so. Yeah, that's a bit disappointing from from his standpoint. Uh, the Grizzlies, one of the real exciting teams getting into their work at the moment. Today, they cleaned up the Nets by 14 points. Uh, ja Morant, again, worth every dollar you got, 36 points and plus 24 when he's on the court. Yeah, and um, one of my one of the guys I, I tune into over in the state, Kevin O'Connor, kind of said something along the along the lines of um, Desmond Bain and John Miranda are top five backcourt in the in the league right now, and it's hard to dispute that when you look at what Desmond Bain's been doing. He's putting up about eighteen points a game, but in the last month he's putting up about twenty two, twenty three a game um, as a shooting guard, shooting forty two percent from three. Been super impressed with what he's been able to do. He's just a shot creator, a shot maker, um, exactly what you need in this league. Uh, I'm still waiting on Jaron Jackson Jr. Hita to to finally get there. He's he's playing low minutes. He's he's not quite, you know, he's pretty foul prone. He's not quite there defensively yet. But uh, when he gets it all clicking with Stephen Adams, with a couple, you know, wing guys like Brandon Clark and and Jarrett Culver, even who's who's been playing really good minutes lately, um, I think this Memphis team can can make a you know a semifinals, maybe even a conference finals if everything clicks. The Mavericks uh, keep on keeping on. A real many hands make light work effort from this team this season. Uh, Luca's back. Uh, they grow a foot taller with him on the court, as shown in the 14-point win over the Nuggets today as well. Yeah, and we've hardly seen this team healthy yet. You know, we saw Luca out for an extended period. We've seen Porzingis miss a lot of time as well, as he usually does. Um, I still think they're one piece away, but it's been it's been really impressive what they've been able to do since the start of the season. They started this season with Jason Kidd, looking very precarious as their head coach. Um, I wasn't too sure if that's the right appointment, but he's probably been proving a lot of us wrong. Uh, it's a big win over the Nuggets, who you know aren't easy beats. It is a lot of Jokic and no one else right now, but um, the Mavericks have been pretty impressive lately. 
Uh, the 76ers thumped the misbehaving Rockets, who had two guys suspended following their last <laughs> efforts for the team. But Joel is showtime, isn't he? 31, 10 and 15, getting it done lightly for a team that hasn't quite figured it out this season, but also under a lot of uh, injury concern across the season so far. Yeah, 30-point triple-double for Joel today. Um, and it is a bit of a throwback to some 90s basketball when you watch the 76ers. There's a lot of get the ball into the big man at the low block and let him do his thing, clear out. Um, and for the most part, it works because Joel Embiid is just a, an incredible, incredible player. Um, for his size, his, his footwork and his strength and you know his speed as well, um, it, it is pretty awesome to watch. And he feels like, and I didn't watch... I've only seen Hakeem highlights, but it feels like the closest we're going to get to Hakeem Olajuwon um, in the present. So, yeah, watching Joel Embiid is an absolute privilege. Um, but they, they have some good shooters around him as well. If Furkan Korkmaz and, and Seth Curry and Danny Green can actually hit their shots and if Tobias Harris can contribute on a regular basis, then uh, I think this team, you know, they're going to be all right without Ben Simmons. And if they do find a trade package that helps them immediately um, for Ben Simmons, then, you know, they're going to be a contender again. Mm. To the NFL, uh, into week 17 of uh, 18 weeks of the uh, NFL season. The Steelers, they were 26-14 winners over the Browns today as Big Ben was teary-eyed as he reflected on what was most likely his last game in front of his adoring Pittsburgh fans. Uh, a great uh, send-off uh, for him in front of his home crowd. Yeah, he had, he had a good game as well, which was great to see from Big Ben, um, who's had a, you know, a season to forget, obviously, yeah. but... Uh, he's he's the greatest Steeler quarterback of all time, just about you'd say, and um, one of the greats of the game. You know, he's played for near on twenty years, and uh, he's an absolute staple of, of every NFL fantasy se- um, NFL season. Sorry, I've ever watched, um, and it's been a privilege over the years. Um, he doesn't throw the ball far, but he does. He's really reliable. He's a really solid quarterback, and um, you know, this Steelers side has been fun to watch. A grit and grind kind of a team who, who relies on their defense, but Ben Roethlisberger has been you know, a fantastic player of the years. And um, it is going to be sad to, to bid him farewell. The Bengals with a great win over the Chiefs, 34-31, to 31, to clinch the AFC North title. 400 yards, four touchdowns for Joe Burrow. A great turnaround considering they only had four wins last season. He's a, he's an absolute star here. He, he's <laughs> just through the roof. And um, I can't believe you didn't start that with Jamar Chase, who had about 250 yards, three touchdowns. Um, <laughs> that combination, yeah. you know, we talk about Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams a lot as, you know, the great, the best combination QB to wide receiver in the league. That one is knocking on the doorstep of them already. And Joe Burrow's in his second year and Jamar Chase is in his first, just out of LSU, the duo. Um, they've been so special to, to watch this year. Uh, and, you know, Mac Jones went into the, um, you know, into week 17 as, you know, a favorite for the offensive rookie of the year. His side put up 50 points. Um, against the Jacksonville Jaguars. And I think he's come out of it with Jamar Chase now, the, the offensive rookie of the year favourite, which is pretty insane to think about. But that's the kind of game that Jamar Chase had. Uh, the Bucks come back from 24-10 down to beat the Jets. Uh, any suggestion the comeback was sparked by Antonio Brown's meltdown on the sidelines? <laughs> well, Tom Brady pretended he didn't know too much about what was going on, <laughs> but I, I, could not, I couldn't actually fathom what was happening in front of me when I was watching that. Um, Red Zone kind of cut to it a bit late. He was giving the peace sign to some Jets fans as he walked off the field with, a, you know, with no jersey on. Um, I actually couldn't quite process what I'd actually witnessed. I don't know if you saw it today, but Antonio Brown was um, courtside yeah. at the Nets-Grizzlies game today as well. So he just does not give a stuff right now, does he? He's not going back to Tampa. <laughs> I mean, into an Uber. 
That that's the bit that I couldn't. <laughs> I know not, not not that I would think he had of a driver or something like that, but into an Uber, you know, like like one of us, you know, like out on the street. Like, yeah. it's, it's so unusual. And then yeah, at the at the well, game today. <laughs> I wonder how long he was waiting for that Uber as well at the front. It might have been an awkward wait for him. <laughs> a bit of surge pricing with uh, people looking to leave, maybe. And uh, we'll just finish on the Packers. They had a dominant 37-10 to 10 win. Uh, do you think it further reinforced A-Rod's claim on the MVP uh, title as well? Yeah, it's been a weird season where, you know, an MVP kind of favourite hasn't quite emerged late in the season, but I think this is Rodgers now. And, you know, he, ti- he always times it well. He knows how to time it to lose an NFC Championship game, and I think he's going to do that again <laughs> this year. Um, you know, the the difference between that round one loss to the Saints um, in Jacksonville, funnily enough, but you know, to, to now um, as you know the the first seed in the NFC with that bye during the wild card round, um, the Packers are, are a contender. Aaron Rodgers is the reason they're a contender, um, and he's a worthy MVP winner uh, to go back to back at his age um, and to want to, you know, to not even like the head coach and be want to moving on to want to be moving on from the franchise. Um, you know, he's a, he's a consummate professional, even if, you know, some of the stuff off the field, he doesn't do too well. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, saying it nicely. I would think uh, Jasper, thanks for the time. Once again, mate, uh, good luck with the AFLW fantasy side and we'll continue to follow your work at the inner sanctum. Always a pleasure, Heater. Make sure you hit me up for any AFLW fancy tips. I'll I'll try and help you out as best I can before Friday. Most certainly will, mate. Thanks again. Jasper Chalopa from the Inner Sanctum doing some fantastic work here on the Overnight Crowd. Easy to see why he's one of our favourites. We are talked at all there. AFLW, AFLW Fantasy as well, which you can get involved with. Um, a first prize of $5,000 in cold, hard cash, if that's what you're up for. A bit of our NBA chat, NFL, and also reflection on the great Josh Giddy and his effort to become the youngest player to record a triple-double in NBA history. If you'd like to uh, reflect back on it, there's plenty of time for you to do so on the overnight crowd, 0433 98 11 16. That is the text line in studio or 1300 736 736, the open line on the overnight crowd. We'd love to have you here on SEN. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So, we doubled it. Chicken and Macca's together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.